You're listening to SBS News. The health and well-being of a nation's children and the ability for them to live longer and healthier lives than those who came before is often considered one of the key indicators of societal progress. Australia is consistently ranked as one of the wealthiest countries in the world per capita. So why then is the health of children in Australia not only stagnating, but in some cases moving backwards? This week saw the launch of a national framework tracking the health of young people from the Victorian Health Promotion Foundation, the Murdoch Children's Research Institute and the Australian Research Alliance for Children and Youth. They call the framework the Future Healthy Countdown 2030 and it will deliver annual reports in hopes of encouraging real systemic change in healthcare offerings over the next seven years. Dr. Sandro DeMeo is the CEO of the Victorian Health Promotion Foundation, or VicHealth. The, the health and well-being of our children and young people, you know, is is going backwards in many communities, uh, and certainly not progressing in the ways that we've committed and the ways that uh, we want and, and should be. So, you know, this this new supplement uh, tracks a range of really critical areas of child and adolescent health and well-being from. You know, looking at the material basics, access to the, the foundations that children and young people need to be able to thrive, but also, of course, you know, access to a sustainable, healthy uh, environment and a sense of uh, identity uh, and culture. In a report published in the Medical Journal of Australia, the combined health organisations highlighted factors that have led to growing negative health outcomes for children, including increasing wealth inequality, low levels of children achieving physical activity recommendations, and higher rates of psychological distress compared with older adults. Their data shows that one in six young people are living in poverty. They also highlight that 24% of 5- to 14-year-olds are overweight or dealing with obesity, moving to 41% for 15- to 24-year-olds, which increases risks of diseases such as diabetes, heart disease, and some cancers. Dr. DeMeo says poverty and cost-of-living pressures directly impacts this relationship to food and physical health. It's things like being able to afford access and enjoy good food. You know, it's about proper housing. If, if kids are living environments or young people can't afford rent uh, to be able to put a quality roof over their heads, a place to be able to cook and enjoy and share food, um, you know, these things impact on their health uh, and on their food security. We've seen a doubling of food insecurity over the last couple of years as the, as the cost of living crisis uh, affects young people who are particularly sensitive to cost of of living pressures. Another key area of concern the national framework has identified is the worsening mental health of young people in Australia, with data showing that 40% of 16 to 24-year-olds meet the criteria for a mental disorder. Dr. DeMeo says improvements in the ability to identify these illnesses earlier may be a small factor, but he claims the increase in mental illness is undeniable. When it comes to mental health, there, there has been you know, improvements in diagnostics that, that mean we're probably catching young people earlier, but there absolutely has been a significant increase in the last few years, a very concerning increase uh, in poorer mental health. And this is due to issues like the very real Uh, psychological effects and and stress caused by climate change, uh, rising cost of living. But then deeper issues. We know racism is a major driver of 
poorer mental health uh, in young people in Australia. Um, and, and a protective factor uh, is their ability to you know, connect with others. Khalid Muse is a 19-year-old associate research fellow at Deakin University and also served as one of the lead young authors in the National Frameworks report. He says it's vital that a diverse array of young voices are included as an integral part of any strategy to address youth health outcomes. I was bringing sort of a broader perspective of uh, the need to include young voices like mine in decision-making, but likewise I was very critical um, in my sense of reflecting and contributing in the sense that I am a young African person um, who is a key advocate in these issues and recognizing that there's engines of exclusion, inequity and injustice that drive some of these issues. So things like racism and discrimination are at the forefront of some of these challenges. Jamie Newman is the Chief Executive Officer of the Orange Aboriginal Medical Service in Inland New South Wales. He says worsening health outcomes for youth in regional First Nations communities are well known, but the solutions are never straightforward. We know that there's escalation with our young people around their mental health. We know there's escalation with our young people around um, STI BBVs and also around suicidal tendencies. The societal issues that our young people face, racism is one of them, where there's mainstream, uh, where services denied or access denied. But we also have that conflict within Aboriginal communities amongst our own people. And trying to address that is going to be one of our biggest challenges moving forward if we're going to improve access and connection with our young people in our communities. Mr Newman says top-down initiatives that attempt to improve health outcomes for Indigenous youth never work because they fail to listen to the voices of the young people themselves. Young people need to be heard. Unfortunately, they have not been heard for generations. Yet, sadly, they're the generation we're trying to change. But if they don't have input into what that change looks like, how it's going to be delivered, when it's going to be delivered, where it's going to be delivered we'll never ever engage with the cohort that we need to. Because forever and a day, we're telling them this is what they need to do. That has never worked for our young people. They need to be involved in their healthcare. They need to, we need to be listening and we need to be redesigning or reshaping our services that cater to their need. Khalid Muse agrees that centering youth voices is key. He says establishing the Future Healthy Countdown 2030 framework has been a helpful leaping off point, but a lot of work now needs to be done. I think it's really important to share the space and to realise that young people as voices are not being equitably heard in decision-making spaces. I think this framework really sets a good understanding of how we can include young voices. Definitely, this is not the end. There is definitely a lot of work uh, to build around it, to promote it, and to really shift the dial in the next seven years. Sam Dover, SBS News. 